1: Hi, I'm Sam Glover.
0: And I'm Stephanie Everett. And this is episode 278 of the Lawyers Podcast, part of the Legal Talk Network. Today, we're listening in on a coaching call with Ryan McKean about revisiting and implementing your law firm's plans with all the changes that have happened in the world.
1: Today's podcast is brought to you by Lawyers with Purpose, Text Expander, Law Pay, and Back Office Betty's. We wouldn't be able to do our show without their support. So stay tuned. We'll tell you more about them later on.
0: So today I thought we'd talk about an experiment we're doing in the Insider Facebook group.
1: Oh, I do love experiments. Yes, I've just (laughs) called it the 100
0: Days of Insider Facebook group.
1: Cool. So for people who may not know, because we haven't talked about it in a while on the podcast at least, we have a Facebook group that is free to join for lawyers, insiders, and insiders are, it's a free to join thing you just go to our website and create an account and you're an insider and uh, you'll get an invite to the Facebook group for solo and small firm lawyers only so no vendors and stuff in there and yeah it's been a great Facebook group but you've got some plans for it so you want to preview some of them
0: yeah I mean we're always trying to figure out how do you make these Facebook groups effective and useful without being noisy which is a challenge Mm -hmm. And our group, you know, we strive for that. So there's a lot of questions in there about what technology you should use. And we try to steer them in a way that's helpful for people. But we're going to do some different things this summer. We figured it's summertime. Let's try something new. So I think you're going to see the lab coaches in the Insider Facebook group more, prompting some questions, doing some videos. Maybe we'll do some Facebook Lives and some Mm Q&As. So... Would love to hear from you guys what you think would be helpful and what you want to hear. We're open to that feedback and that conversation. But I thought it'd be a good time to just let's try some new things.
1: That's cool. I love that idea. Especially since most of us are trying to figure out, like, you know, what is what does life look like when most of us I'm living online? That sounds like a cool way to explore what you can do with those online communities.
0: Yeah. And if you haven't been to it yet sometimes it's just good to see other people are struggling with things that you're struggling mm-hmm. with. Like I'm in a Facebook group for coaches and sometimes I, I feel like I'm the, uh, when you're a lurker, the, sometimes I feel like that, but I like just seeing what other people are struggling with and what questions they ask always makes me realize like, Oh yeah, I, you know, I was thinking about that too. And yeah, let's have a conversation that way. So even if you're like, well, I'm feeling pretty good about things. Sometimes you pick up new things just by reading what other people are struggling with. Yeah,
1: very cool. Well, check into the Facebook group for that. You can find it on Facebook by going to, just looking for Lawyerist Insiders, but you'll need an account on Lawyerist to join. And so you can do that by just visiting Lawyerist and creating an account. So now we've got a responsored sponsored conversation with Dave Zimpano from Lawyers With Purpose, and then Stephanie's conversation with Ryan.
2: Hi, Sam, I'm happy to be here. Uh, my name is Dave Zimpano. I'm the founder and president of Lawyers With Purpose, We're a nationwide law practice proficiency company, and we focus on asset protection, elder law, and estate planning. And our number one mission is to protect the personal financial freedom of families, beginning with our members, and then their employees, and then the clients they serve.
1: Welcome to the podcast, Dave. So some lawyers, at least, are experiencing a downturn in their business right now. The phone's not ringing as much as it did. Their inboxes aren't filling up with new client inquiries the way they used to. And maybe they're thinking about it's time to pivot to a new practice area. How would you advise people to think about that?
2: Yeah, it's a great question. I think COVID has made us all think about, you know, is this really where we want to be? I think once we've made the decision that we're not happy in our practice, that we wanted more out of our practice, we wanted more out of being a lawyer. Now the question is, how do we get there? Well, I think there's three main things we got to focus on. Number one is you got to know the law. So whatever practice area you're going into, Is it the same practice area you're currently in? So, for example, Medicaid. People say, well, why would I do Medicaid? Well, we know we have an aging population in America, and we know there's people that go to nursing homes. We know nursing home wipes out lifetimes of savings. If we wanted to help protect people's lifetime of savings, how would we learn? Isn't Medicaid complicated? Well, it might be, it might not be, but you have to have a process to do that. So how do you learn the law in a way that you can become confident? Because we know if lawyers aren't confident, they're not going to do it. So number one is learning the law in a structured way that you can make sure that you're not going to commit malpractice and that you're not going to sound stupid to the client, right? Because that's <laughs> lawyers sure. every fair. They don't, we don't want to sound stupid to anybody, right? And then I guess there's some logistics to it as well, right? Well, yeah, because look, we can get you trained on Medicaid, great. So now what do you do with it? Well, it's pretty useless if you don't have a team around you, right? So we know if it's all about me and I'm the lawyer and I'm the receptionist, you know, and I'm doing the typing and I'm doing the document, right? It gets pretty cumbersome. So how do we build that team? And that's about skill sets. How do we identify skill sets? How do we hire properly? How do we know when to hire? How do we know what role we need to hire first, second, third? So I think once you know the law and you kind of see where it's relevant out there to pivot to this practice and you see the opportunity, then you have to start thinking about, okay, how do I get there? How do I make sure that I have the team around me that I can actually deliver it?
1: Mm -hmm. And then I suppose you have to get the word out about the fact that you've changed it.
2: Well, I mean, that's number three, right? So the key thing is if nobody knows about it, right, then nobody's knocking on your door. So when you think about it, if you, if you think about learning the law, I mean, think about it, We did this all, but the first time we did it, we did it by default, right? We just went to law school. We got a job and we learned, and then we went out and started doing what we learned. Well, now's our opportunity when we pivot to do what we want, not what we just did by default, but we actually get to design and figure out what do I want to do? What's the law? How do I build a team? And then finally, how do I market it to make sure that the people are knocking on my doors? What's the value proposition? And how do I properly state the value proposition in a simple way? Of course, using technology as much as possible, using all the modern things that we know we have. I mean, Zoom has really taken over the world. How does that play a role in all the other things? But using everything that we have at our disposal to let the world know about what we do, but let them know in a concise way that identifies what this new law that we learned helps them with. How do we create value for them?
1: It's a little more complicated than just like, hey, I heard bankruptcy is going to be hot. Hey, I heard Medicaid that's going to be hot. (laughs) Make sure you've got a plan. But if that plan works out, it might make a lot of sense to pivot.
2: I think it comes down to a process. I think all of us, if we look back at our successes, those things that we had a beginning, a middle, and an end, but we started with the end first. Like what do we want? Okay, now if I that's what I want, where do yeah, I start?
1: Work your way backwards What's the next
2: step and this step. So process is really critically important. And that process should incorporate those three elements of learning it, building the team for it, and then getting the message out in the way that people are knocking on your door for you to provide that service.
1: So listeners, if you are compelled by the idea of switching to Medicaid, where I think Dave is almost certainly right, there is going to be some growth, plenty of growth. You can visit lawyerswithpurpose.com slash Medicaid to learn more about working with Dave and Lawyers With Purpose and what it might look like to pivot your practice to Medicaid. Thanks, Dave. Thank you, Sam.
0: How's it going today?
3: It's going well, Stephanie. How are you?
0: I'm awesome. And how are you holding up in pandemic times?
3: It's challenging. I mean, on one hand, like we're doing well, like we had a really good month in um, April and really good month in March. Um, you know, we're still generating leads and business. Our team is still moving files and we're all healthy, which is, I think, the most important thing. Yeah. But You know, I think one of the biggest challenges that I'm having, Stephanie, is I'm a planner person and it feels almost impossible to plan. And sort of to that point, like coming into 2019, I was like, all right, 2020 is going to be, you know, our marketing focus is going to be event based. We're going to rent out more movie theaters. We're going to do various community events. And that just went away so fast. And I feel like there are a million things like that right now, and it's sort of struggling through the fog on a number of different levels as to how to plan.
0: yeah, I hear that and and I think a lot of people are struggling with that and I've been struggling with that because we don't know when this phase that we're in is going to end. And so for planning purposes, it's like am I planning for a one week problem of you know one month problem or one year problem? And the messaging I'm seeing out there in the world seems really confused on that.
3: It is really confused. And um, one of the things that this has done for me is expose just how many variables there are, right? Like anytime you plan and you say like, I mean, we were looking at like opening up new offices and you're like, okay, what is the competition look like? What is the rent? What is, you know, how much cases can we expect to generate? What do we have to add on our marketing side to do this? And then they shut down, like, all real estate. (laughs) Like, you realize just how many assumptions you make when you plan and how vulnerable those things are um, in some respects. The question for us now is, like, what do we do with some of those plans that we had before? Like, do they still make any sense? Is it, in fact, a better opportunity now than it was in, say, uh, January? Or is it not? How long are we looking at case signups being down or leads being down? Or is it going to go to a trickle simply because of uh, less activity? If people aren't going to work, there aren't going to be work injury cases. It's kind of that simple in in my market.
0: So I'm hearing a couple of different things, and let's kind of break it down. One is, what do we do with existing plans that we had coming into the year? And then it also sounded like you were saying, how do I even plan to go forward? And maybe that's related or different sides of the same coin, but break that down and and maybe where do you want to go next with this?
3: We're going to hire a marketing assistant, right? And the primary basis for the marketing assistant was going to be three things. One of which was filming video, editing video, putting it up on social. That was going to be one component. The other was going to be event-based marketing. And the third was sort of going to be community outreach. Like Going out to various groups, organizations, uh, referral sources that we have, strengthening relationships, bringing coffee, those kinds of things. And that's a really wise person for us to hire. But we can't do videos like businesses are shut down and events are out of the question, so to speak. And also logistic. like, how do we we train that person, right? And I know that there's things that we can do. Like, I can shoot video myself and I can hire somebody to edit it. And maybe that's the kind of thinking that we need to engage in
2: overall.
0: Yeah, I think so. When I wrote down your list and when I look at all three things, I see a path for you to do all three of those things right now, even when we're locked up. So you hit the first one, right? You could still record videos and send it to your person to edit. And in fact, a lot of people are doing that and it still comes across as genuine and real. And you can even make it into a fun thing. I mean, again, to be your true authentic self, which I know you always are in your marketing. I mean, I'm thinking of like, I watched part of that Disney sing-along that they did recently (laughs) and they had the stars, record in their home. And you know, if you're someone like me, I was like fascinated to look at what other people's kitchens looked like. And we're always talking about how marketing is building trust and relationships with people. And I think that we're in an interesting time right now because people might get to see a different glimpse of us. Like you could do a marketing video with your pet or with your kids or whatever. And they, people get to see a different side of you and that could be interesting.
3: That is a great point. That's a great point, Stephanie. And thank you for raising that. Um, And I I think you're right. It's just like, I guess, one more level of being ourselves and our marketing. And uh, it's just I've never done videos from my kitchen. Right. (laughs) Like but that doesn't mean that I shouldn't do it.
0: Yeah. And I think those videos are getting a ton of response. Some of the videos of um, where my dog ends up in the background, like people always respond to those videos. And, and, you know, my dog showed up at a webinar yesterday and I had a follow-up call today. And the guy, first thing he said was, where's your dog? Is, you know, (laughs) is your dog here? Because everybody loves dogs. And so that, that's a fun thing. So I think, you can still do that. And there's even probably research out there that shows videos recorded in motion and doing things are always better than you looking like a stodgy old lawyer behind your big desk or something. So I, I think, one, you have permission to do that. So let's experiment and, and test with that and, and keep that going. You know, shifting to your event based and community outreach opportunities, I think those opportunities still exist. They may just look a little different than how they did in a the old world, right?
3: And I agree with that. I mean, we, we um, my partner, Andrew, came up with um, a program to make masks and collect masks and give them to a local hospital. That was when they re- really, really needed masks. And that's been successful. I mean, we had a Facebook group. We've I don't know how many masks, but it's hundreds of masks that we've been able to make and give to the local hospital, um, which, you know, I think serves a number of purposes. One is it meets a need in our community. And two is it energizes our team internally because they don't feel helpless. They feel like they can do something about this. And I think that's a real important component of sort of where we are right now.
0: Yeah, I love that. I know so many people are organizing fundraisers and and buying food from restaurants that are offering takeout delivery services and sending it to healthcare workers, for example, at the hospital you know, there's lots of opportunities, you know, cause you were saying like, oh, this person was going to show up and bring coffee to an organization. Well, maybe you could do that virtually, you know, maybe you could still send, I was just talking to someone and they were looking at sending um, some kind of pastry treats or popcorn and a movie or something fun, you know, out to people. So there's still like safe ways that you could deliver fun things to people.
3: For sure. And it's just, I think what's happening on this call, Stephanie, thank you. It's, it's just like, the letting go of, I'm finding, like, I have an idea for something, right? And it's like, okay, this person will come in the house, and this person will shadow us on our way to court, and this person will, you know, help generate videos and and, and just do these things. And it's a good thing. It it would be a really good thing for us. But I have to change up what that means, because at this point, I think the only way I can do it as sort of a planning variable is this is, like, indefinite. Like, this is the new normal. And until we are surprised otherwise, and then we can make adjustments uh, the other way. But I think we have to assume that this goes on for a much longer period of time than any of us would ever hope for.
0: I just got an email from a friend and she was like, hey, I'm setting up a series of walk-in talks. And so if you're interested, pick a topic. Like she had a whole list of days and times and topics, and some of them were like, you know, related to what we're doing right now, like what's been the hardest thing about social distancing or what's the favorite book you've read while you've been at your home or what's a favorite recipe that you just tried. But the whole idea is if you're interested, you sign up with her and she's kind of putting some small groups together. And then she's like, I don't care if you just walk around your backyard or walk around your house or apartment. But the idea is that we move our bodies and we have a conversation and have some connection And I was like, you know, that's a great idea. You know, you were talking about doing some community outreach. You could flip that and use something like that, you know, because I know everyone's doing the virtual happy hours and that, and that's still kind of feels like we're sitting in front of the, and I'm on remote, you know, that I do videos all day long. And so, I don't know, sitting in front of a video at night is not as fun to me because like I've just done that for eight hours. So this really kind of stood out to me because I was like, well, that could be fun because I could go out on a walk in my neighborhood But with my phone, with my headset on and have a conversation so that there's all kinds of ideas. I think we just have to kind of open ourselves up to what that could look like.
3: That's a great idea. And you hit it on the head. I was going to do our call on a walk today and it started raining like right before the call. So now I'm pacing around my basement. So it's just an adjustment, right? I am walking and talking because I'm like, I cannot sit and stare at a computer screen for another, you know, 15 minutes or so.
0: Exactly.
1: We need to take a quick break to hear from our sponsors, and when we come back, we'll continue our conversation. Part of building a successful practice is finding the right payment partner. It's important to work with a processor that understands the complex rules for legal payments. LawPay is the only payment solution that ensures trust account compliance for both credit card and e-check transactions. Trust the only payment solution offered through the ABA Advantage Program and all 50 state bars, LawPay. To learn more or to get started, visit lawpay.com lawyerist today. Support for today's episode comes from BackOffice Bettys, the only virtual receptionist service exclusively dedicated to small law firms that offers a plan with unlimited calls. Their highly specialized service boasts customized call handling, relentlessly friendly team members, and unmatched quality. The Bettys are ready to help you grow your firm even when you're out of the office. Visit www.backofficebetties.com/lawyerist to try them out for one week free. Use promo code PODCAST to receive $150 off your first month. Boost your productivity and save time typing with TextExpander whether you're in the office or working from home. You can make your own snippets or share and manage snippets for your organization with your team's version, even if your team works from home. You'll reduce errors and increase productivity. TextExpander can save you so much time, it's like getting an extra employee. TextExpander is available for Mac, Windows, iPhone, iPad, and Chrome. And our listeners get 20% off their first year. Visit textexpander.com slash podcast to learn more about TextExpander.
0: Let's shift because, you know, what the other thing I heard you say is, you know, I'm nervous about bringing this person on. Like, how do I bring a new team member on when we're in this situation?
3: You know, one of the concerns at the moment is just our team is a real tight-knit team and we have a really great culture in our office. And I'm, I'm really, really proud of that, right? One of the the jobs that has fallen on us right now is just okay, let's keep everybody sane and engaged. And a lot of people have young children and that's a major stressor. And it's just like, it feels like we're still very busy, but we still have like a lot of balls in the air. And just, it feels heavy to add another ball at this time where it's like, okay, here's one more person I've got to bring online in some way. Well, my days feel like 10 hour days every day right now, uh, just trying to get the work done that we need to get done.
0: Yeah. So maybe we can take some of that pressure off and maybe although you originally scoped this as a full time position, maybe there's an opportunity during, you know, this uncertainty of COVID that you bring someone on in a freelance or part time or limited role to, you know, you already mentioned like video editing. Well, that's a really specific skill. And so it may be that you just outsource some video editing to get that off your plate, because we both know that you don't need to spend your lawyer brain trying to figure out how to edit videos. (laughs) And maybe there's already someone in your community or that you know of that could be, you know, think about these other tasks, what really needs to happen right now to get them done? And is that somebody we could bring on in this limited capacity Knowing that maybe there's an opportunity when the world opens back up for them to become a full-time member, but it's sort of a way for you to get some things off your plate and keep projects moving, but using someone in a limited and virtual capacity. We tend to think, unfortunately, I mean, it's a sad state of affairs, but a lot of great people right now are losing their jobs or being furloughed or, you know, are in different situations and which is horrible, but as a business owner, that means there's opportunity for us to pick up great talent and try to use some of that for our business. And so there's all kinds of things we can do there. And, um, and we have some materials in lab that, you know, we've focused on, like, how can we attract the right people and get that person on board? So may, it may just be a little bit of reframing this position. And by the way, let's just be honest financially as well. Like you might not want to commit to a new full-time team member right now in light of everything that's going on and that's okay. Yeah. And
3: I mean, the the financial component is, it's a weird one. Like I, I do personal injury and Basically, like I'm getting paid on work that we've done six, 12, 24 months ago. Okay. There's a giant lag. Like it's not like I sign a new client and I get money. It's like I sign a new client and I essentially get debt because I have to fund the work to actually get the money in in, in a number of respects. Right. You know, my concern is like, okay, we're good now, but what does 2021, 22 uh, look like for us if leads go down? I mean, car accidents are a big part of our business and car accidents are down. That's sort of a tricky variable, I think, uh, for us in terms of planning.
0: No, I I appreciate that. And I wish I had the crystal ball and I could tell you, but I, I, I don't, unfortunately, like I don't have all the answers on this one, but I know, and you know that, you know, putting some sound policies in place, like you have good financial procedures in place and I know you've built up your cash reserve. And so there are some things you can do to preserve cash or hold on to cash right now. And unfortunately, we just gotta be really smart as we start navigating this future because it's so unknown i'm i am i am worried about that myself. you know how long are we gonna be looking at economic uncertainty if, you know i'm I know we'll recover as a country we always do, but how long is that gonna take? We just don't know, but anything you can do in the meantime to strengthen your business and sure up your business and keep it going, and so maybe that requires some good financial practices, and maybe it requires a little bit of shift in thinking about your practice. We forget that there are a ton of lawyers right now who unfortunately are kind of like Netflix, Netflix, what's the right word? Uh, Watching Netflix. That's what I'm trying to say. They're taking this a little bit like a vacation, which is awesome, I guess, for them. I'm glad they're getting that break. But a lot of folks in our community, like you, you know, you have not let up on your marketing efforts, because I I see them, which is great. Like you want to stay out there, you want to keep building relationships, you want to be relevant, you want to keep talking about it, you want to be front of mind for people, because the marketing you do today is what generates cases six months from now. I know you're doing all the right things, and you're doing everything you can do. And I wish I could give you that assurance that it's all going to be okay. I think that's the hardest part of all of this.
3: It really is. And uh, we tend to get paid on our our bigger cases when we get a trial date or when we get close to trial. Usually it's when they start seeing like the whites of the juror's eyes. Like, Mm -hmm. I can't tell you how many cases we've settled at or during jury selection. (laughs) And that's sort of a common occurrence for us because at that point, the adjusters are focused. They've realized the risk. They're paying attention. They've realized that we aren't just going to take whatever uh, crummy offer they have and will, in fact, fight this and take a verdict and that those things result in settlement. But right now, Connecticut courts are shut down. No idea as to when they're going to be open. And reasonably, the last thing that will come back will be civil juries, getting people in crowded rooms as we do selection. That, to me, is something that I would be surprised if we see until 2022. Those are the breaks, right? And we're looking at, you know, arbitrations and, and various other ways of trying to force resolution. And there are some other factors, including defense lawyers needing to work files that are useful uh, in this context. But it's it's rough.
0: Yeah, I think you just hit on something, too. Like, it's easy to focus on just it's going to be shut down and this is going to be the last thing to come back. As you start peeling back those layers, so many layers are dependent upon the system working That I'm hopeful, maybe I'm just optimistic, that we're going to see shifts and that those shifts might result in. I I know somebody who um, is actually doing their first hearing via Zoom next week. And so we worked on some technology. I showed them on how he can present all his exhibits and practicing examination (laughs) via Zoom, because that's gonna be a thing. And we were using, it was kind of funny, because we were using some of the techniques, I was sharing with him techniques we used in our virtual conference when we did LabCon as a virtual that he can use in his trial, right? Because some of the same principles apply. So maybe that's another lesson or workshop that we should do one day. It's hard for me to imagine that that part of our justice system is just going to shut down for two years, to your point. Like, I think we're just going to have to see shifts and adjustments. And I don't know exactly what that's going to look like. I've been trying to get judges to pay attention to remote hearings for years because I'm like, I'm sure there is similar here in Georgia. We have so many rural areas with not enough attorneys. And the concentration of attorneys is in the metro Atlanta area, but the rest of the state has this great need. And I was always trying to figure out, like, how do we get the attorneys where the need is? And driving three hours one way for a status conference isn't the answer. So I'm still hopeful that this is a real opportunity for us to start really looking at the way we do things and seeing if there aren't some better ways for us to keep the wheels of justice moving.
3: I'm trying to work with some judges and through some committees and just be like, you know, look, this is an access to justice issue, like it has always been. And in my opinion, as much as the access to justice talk occurs like writ large and, um, in the legal community, it's really like the judiciary and how they operate that makes it highly difficult. So hopefully that does change. Lawyers can be part of the solution, can change in a number of ways, but it doesn't help if you have to drive three hours for a status conference. There's no getting around that. Right.
0: So... That didn't really answer the problem, but I think we kind of have to take it one day as we come. So kind of where we started was how do we even plan for the future? And, you know, maybe right now we're not planning necessarily for one year out, but we can plan for the next 30 days. We know what the next 30 days look like and we can execute on those plans. And then in June 1, we reevaluate and we say, okay, Now we're ready for the next 30 days. You know, our team always has planned quarterly, but maybe that's even too much right now because it's changing so fast. And so maybe we just have to change our expectations around how we plan, which sitting here, as I say it out loud, could be interesting because I think it may allow us to even execute things faster. And better. So I'm hopeful that if people you know, use this, if it's a downtime, use it to sure up those systems, which I know you're already doing, you know, pump out more marketing, look at it from a different way, deepen those connections and do all those things. I think at the end of the day, you'll be okay.
3: And Stephanie, I think this was a key breakthrough. I mean, you said it, I mean, I know you use traction and EOS and so do we, and we've always done 90 day plans in the context of one, three, five, and ten year <laughs> like like this is always our thing, but i I really do think the thirty day thing is quite necessary on a number of levels, because if you had told me on March one that the government would pay two and a half months of our salary like that that I would have been like what <laughs> like what what are what what you, you cray, you know, and so we don't know how some of these things will go, and some of it may be. Very good and helpful. Some of it may not be. They could be drastic, like the PPP. We just don't know. And I think shortening my planning cycle to 30 days, I think that's a really useful breakthrough. And I'm thank you, Seven.
0: Yeah. Well, thank you. You know, thank you for coming on and and being a little vulnerable with me because I know, I know that you are not alone in having these feelings. I think. Everybody is feeling this way. They may not all be willing to say it out loud, but I'm really hopeful that the folks who are listening to this, I know it will resonate with them and I hope that they can hear it and take some big takeaways from it too. Just keep moving, keep moving forward. We're all going to get through this. and, um, And, you know, and if you ever just need to vent and just be frustrated, that's okay too. Call me, call a friend, call whoever, you know, don't let that energy stay up inside you. Good
3: stuff, Stephanie. Thank you.
0: All right. Thanks, Ryan. The Lawyers Podcast is produced by Laura Briggs and edited by Christopher Ng. Are you ready to implement the ideas we discuss here into your practice? Wondering what to do next? Well, here are your first two steps. If you haven't read the Small Firm Roadmap yet, grab the first chapter for free right now at lawyers.com book. Next, if you're looking for help beyond the book, then let's chat about whether our coaching communities are right for you. Head to lawyers.com/community to schedule a 15minute call with our community manager. The views expressed by the participants are their own and are not endorsed by Legal talk network. Nothing said in this podcast is legal advice for you.